Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're looking today at Joshua chapter 7. We've come this far in our study and just want to take a moment to recap what we've seen and where we've been so far. In the first six chapters of the book of Joshua, we've seen the people of Israel come from the eastern side of the Jordan River where they had been camped after the Transjordan campaign and the conquest of the territories to the east of the Jordan. In chapter 1 of Joshua, we saw the Lord commissioning Joshua to take up the mantle of leadership and uh, help the people of Israel cross over uh, the Jordan River to begin the conquest of Canaan. Chapter 2, we saw Joshua send the spies and what they learned from Rahab in the city of Jericho, that the hearts of the people of Canaan were melting away in fear because of the things that they had heard about the Lord. In chapters 3 and 4, we saw the miracle of the crossing of the Jordan River, how God cut off the waters and heaped them up in a huge pile uh, 15 miles upstream from where the, the group of Israelites were crossing over. And then the memorials that were made, one in the Jordan River itself. Joshua set up 12 stones in the riverbed and then 12 stones set up on the western side of the river to commemorate the miracle of Israel's crossing into the, the land of Canaan. Uh, in chapter 5, we saw the circumcision of the people. We saw their taking of the Passover. And then, of course, the commander of the Lord's army speaking with Joshua, appearing to Joshua. And then in chapter 6, uh, we saw the conquest of the city of Jericho uh, done by the Lord's hand according to the Lord's directions. They marched around the city uh, one time each day for six days, and then on the seventh day, seven times, blowing the trumpets, and then finally at the very end, all the people shouted and the walls collapsed. Rahab and her family, her household, were preserved out of that, and so uh, everything else is dedicated to destruction. It's put under the ban, and that's going to play an important part here in Joshua chapter 7. As we begin, I'll read the verses. I'm going to read verses 1 through 15, and then uh, we'll open with a word of prayer and take a look at uh, some of the lessons from this section. Joshua chapter 7 and verse 1. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bet-Avin, uh, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out I, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. Only about two or three thousand men need to go up to I. Do not make all the people toil up there, for they are few. 
So about 3,000 men from the people went up there, but they fled from the man, men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent so that the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening, both he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why didst thou ever bring this people over the Jordan only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say since Israel has turned their back before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and they will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, Rise up. Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, for they have become accursed." I will not be with you any more unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus the Lord God of Israel has said, There are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. In the morning, then, you shall come near by your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes by lot shall come near by families, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come near by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come near man by man, and it shall be that the one who is taken with the things under the ban shall be burned with fire, he and all that belongs to him, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has committed a disgraceful thing in Israel. Father in heaven, we ask for your help as we look into these words today, that you would give us insight into what we're reading and how it applies for our lives today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. But we've already seen in Joshua chapter 6 a little bit of an allusion to what was going to happen in chapter 7. We saw that in verses 15 through 21 when Joshua yells, shout, we have some instructions that he gives the people uh, after he says they are to shout. He also warns them not to take any of the things in the city because everything's devoted to destruction. And we know that the author of the book of Joshua is not writing exactly when uh, the uh, destruction of the city of Jericho is taking place, but a, a little bit after that, maybe in the next generation. And so he already knows what's coming in the very next uh, uh, events that take place. So in verses uh, 1 and 2, we see uh, the commentator, the author, telling us that the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully. Now, this is an important note to make. 
even though it is only one individual who sins here, uh, Achan, who takes some of the things that are under the ban, and we'll find out exactly what a little bit later in this chapter. It is the the people collectively who sin against the Lord. One person's sin implicates the entire group of people. A lot of people today, I think, struggle with the concept that the Bible tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. A lot of people really don't think it's fair that Adam and Eve, back in the Garden of Eden, Adam in particular acted as sort of the representative of humanity so that all consecutive people who have lived after Adam, except for the Lord Jesus Christ himself, all have that original sin that's inherited from Adam. Some people think, well, that's that's really not fair. It's, that's not the way that it, uh, things should be here. But there is a representative nature to the way sin operates. And we see that here in Joshua chapter 7. Achan's sin makes the entire community guilty so that what's going to happen next is actually a result of just one person's sin but because of that one man's sin all the people uh, now have to pay the price for this the same is true uh, with all humanity because of the sin of adam all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, ultimately, Adam's sin is passed down from generation to generation, but uh, if that's not enough, each of us uh, sin on our own. No one can live righteously before the Lord. So we are given the name of the individual here, Achan, and uh, all of his associations, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah. Now, this is uh, some a negative example of someone who is remembered for uh, something that he really would not have wanted to be remembered for. How would you like to be remembered uh, for your worst deed in life? And generation after generation after you doesn't remember any of the good things, perhaps, that were done in your life, but only one thing that led to your destruction. That's how it is for Achan in the scriptures, in the word of God. So this individual who's ultimately from the tribe of Judah, we read in verse 1, took some of the things under the ban. Again, this is a technical term of items that are devoted to destruction uh, in the city of Jericho. Everything's devoted for destruction. If you look back in chapter 6, except for verse 19, all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So everything else is to be destroyed, but some of these uh, precious items, more valuable items, are supposed to be dedicated to the treasury of the Lord. Now, in verses 2 through 5, we find out about the next battle uh, that Joshua uh, encounters, that he's going to take on the city of Ai. Sometimes this is pronounced as Ai, but the Hebrew text 
Uh, it's all together, the city of Ai. Joshua sends men from Jericho to Ai to spy it out. This is uh, the typical way that he's going to do things. He did this at Jericho. He does this at Ai. They're looking to pick off city by city. The spies come back and say, it's a lot smaller than Jericho. We don't all need to go up. Let's only send about two or 3,000 men. Now, what's interesting about this, this is a little bit of foreshadowing too, but we don't find out until chapter 8 that there are about 12,000 people in the city of Ai. So the spies report that they really only needed two or 3,000 men, I think was an evidence of overestimation on their part. Maybe they're getting a little bit cocky because of their taking of the city of Jericho. They're a little bit overconfident in themselves and not relying perhaps fully on the Lord as they should be. So Joshua sends 3,000 men in verse 4, and they go up to the city of Ai, but they are not able to conquer it. They're not able to succeed. In fact, they... Uh, turn and run in front of the men of Ai, and about 36 of the people are killed as they're uh, chased back down the descent. And we read at the end of verse 5, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. So this phrase, where formerly it was used of the people of Canaan and their hearts melting in fear because of the Israelites, now the Israelites are melting in fear. So the curses that, are, that were meant to be uh, sent upon the people of Canaan are now being enacted on the people of Israel because of their sin. So in verses 6 through 9, Joshua prays before the Lord. He tears his clothes before the ark of the Lord, the visible symbol of the, the power and the presence of God. And he prays, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan, only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? This should make us think about some of the instances that occurred in the history of Israel in coming up out of Egypt in the wilderness. This is, language is very similar to things that uh, others were saying uh, to Moses. We should have never come out of Egypt. We should have stayed where we were. Uh, we could have been happy back there. He goes on to say, uh, if only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. And then he makes it, uh, applies it to the Lord. Uh, what can I say since Israel's turned their back before their enemies? Verse 9, for the Canaanites will hear of it. All the inhabitants of the land will hear of it. They will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? So Joshua brings it back to the Lord and says, Lord, your name is going to be slandered among the people of Canaan because of this. Now we will hear how the Lord responds next time in addressing the sin of the community of Israel. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.